This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Howdy, howdy, howdy on this Tuesday, 7th day of November, Election Day edition. Dan Grosser Show, albeit a brief one, here on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. Light up the phones because we only got 30 minutes, you and I. Because we're going to turn things over to Don coming up at the top of the hour. He's got pregame Rangers Red Wings from MSG. Julian and Joe are producing the program here tonight. So we got 30 minutes. And I don't know if we've ever referred to this as an overreaction Tuesday, right, coming off of a Monday night game. But I guess that this kind of fits the bill. After what we all witnessed last night at MetLife Stadium, some of us more than others, of course. But to say that it was a disappointment, I think we'll be putting it mildly. If you are a fan of the New York Jets, you went into a game as the favorite thinking that, all right, this is a team you should beat. And you guys know what I think of the Chargers. You know, I've disparaged that franchise basically from sea to shining sea over the last decade. Underachievers, they don't play up to their talent, not very well coached. Well, you know what? Last night, they had all the answers. And the Jets gave them opportunities early and often. And even a team like the Chargers wouldn't refuse them. You know, it helps when you get a big back-breaking punt return for a touchdown. Five minutes into the game, essentially. 87 yards. And with the way the Jets' offense is going, that touchdown right there, you had to at least think for a split second in your head that, you know what, maybe, just maybe, this 7-0 lead might be too insurmountable for them to even come back from, even though there was like 58 minutes left of the football game. But that's the way this offense was trending. And then what does the offense do? Second drive, they move the ball down the field, cross midfield, and then you have Garrett Wilson, who's one of the best players on the team, and even he put the ball on the ground, proving that he's not perfect. Next possession on offense. Again, cross midfield, what happens? Fumble. And the Chargers take one of those two turnovers into the end zone and then go up 14-0. And at that point, you're thinking, boy, where is this thing headed? I even tweeted it out last night during the game as it was happening that, boy, this is giving me like Kansas City deja vu all over again. Because remember, they were down 17-0 to the Chiefs at the end of the first quarter. Hopefully before the season is over, I don't know what day, I don't know what game, I don't know what week it's going to happen. But hopefully one of these weeks, the Jets get the first quarter figured out. Right? Maybe. It would be nice to actually play from ahead every so often. You know, I hear that it actually sometimes pays dividends for you when you're not trying to crawl out of an insurmountable hole, especially when you don't exactly have a high-octane offense and it's a struggle to even find the end zone just one time. But that's something that they have to correct, right? And speaking of corrections, you know, you had a bye week a couple of weeks ago. And all we heard from the players, the coaches, the everybody is that we're close. We're close. We're going to try some things different. We're close. We're close. They played two games. They've scored 19 points. Scored one touchdown in two games. Against the defense last night in the Chargers, that had the worst pass defense in the NFL. The absolute worst. Not like one of the worst. The worst. Rock bottom. Even with those two guys on the edge going to get the quarterback, dead last. And last night was probably the worst performance of the offense all season long. And it's not like they haven't made anybody forget about the second or the, the greatest show on turf with how they've played all season long. But last night was probably as bad as it can get. You hope it's as bad as it can get. 
I thought it was interesting, too, after the game, how the, I, I can't remember how exactly the question was phrased to Robert Sala about the performance of the quarterback. And I think I don't think he meant to answer it in this way directly, but essentially he said, "Nah, you know, he it 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 isn't as bad as it's been." Essentially, like we've seen worse. Like, oh, good, there you go. That's a step in the right direction. There you go. That's progress. But that's the reality. And this team had a huge opportunity in front of them last night. A huge opportunity. They had about as good a Sunday as you could possibly have as an NFL team, without actually playing a game. They put their feet up on Sunday and watched all three teams in their division lose. To where if they would have taken care of business last night at home against a very, very beatable team. Very beatable team. You and I will be sitting here talking about a club that's only a half a game out of first place. And trailing that team with still two more matchups against them in the Miami Dolphins. But now that's not the reality because you went out there and you laid an egg against the Chargers. If I would have told you before the game last night that the Chargers would have less than 200 yards of offense, Justin Herbert would throw for like a buck 30, right? Chargers would have 128 yards of offense through three quarters. Would you have taken that? Did you have signed up for that? It's a Jet fan thinking, yeah, you know what? I think we'll be all right. I think I'll, I'll take my chances with that. I think we'll find a way to eke one out. Look, I was expecting going into the game that it was probably going to be a one-score affair, probably a nail-biter. When Greg and I go downstairs to do the post-game show, we usually go down under most circumstances. Maybe there's like a few minutes left in the game to try to get a jump on, you know, the elevator and then the walk we got to make downstairs to get all the way around back down to the coaches club. And usually when that happens, the game is still in doubt. And we're kind of like stopping along the way and looking up at the monitors or kind of peeking our heads through the tunnel to see what's happening on the field. And I was expecting no different last night. And if you would have told me the Jets were going to lose the game, I probably would have thought that it was going to be a close type of a game. But it is darn near almost impossible in professional football to play that well defensively and still end up losing the game by three touchdowns. Three touchdowns. But there's an easy explanation. When your offense contributes absolutely nothing and you throw in the fact that the special teams made a gaffe and allowed a punt return for a touchdown, that's how you get 27-6. I know that the quarterback was far from perfect last night. Far from perfect. And he's had his struggles. It's well documented. But I'm not going to sit here and say that he's the only reason they scored six points last night. I think everybody had to certainly play a hand in it from the guys that put the ball on the ground, from the guys up front of that offensive line, which had their hands full all night long, including the right tackle, which I'll get to in a second. But if they're bearing down on you all night and your receivers are not winning their battles outside and not gaining any separation, and you have a quarterback who, for whatever reason that you want to come up with, still has not figured it out, three years into his career, that's how you get 27 to 6. That's how you get three for 17 on third down, another 0 for in the red zone. That's how you have games like that. Season over? Absolutely not. You're 4 and 4. Think about it. 
you still have more games to play than you even played already. You're only eight games into this thing, and you're going to Vegas this week. It's a very, very winnable game, but you better play a hell of a lot better than you played last night. You know, Raiders got all that goodwill and the excitement out of their system last week with Antonio Pierce and everything, and they beat up on the Giants. But now you would think that you got a wounded animal coming into Vegas next week, and that would be the Jets. Because this is now the second week in a row you're going to be on a national TV audience, and you certainly want to make people forget somewhat of that performance that you put on film last night for all the world to see. It's got to be better. And there's not going to be any quarterback changes this week. The head coach put that to rest today in his press conference when he was on with the K Show. Not going to be any quarterback changes. I'll tell you what, though. If I was coaching the team, and certainly I'm not, I would probably have that leash a little bit shorter, at least on Sunday night. Because what do you say to your defense? What do you say to a defense that's doing everything humanly possible to keep you guys in games? It's where the offense goes out there, and if it's a three and out, or, you know, at best you get a first down, and then all of a sudden you're walking back off the field because you've got to punt the football away, and you're not scoring points for them. I had this stat in the pregame show last night. You know, talking about how they have to turn things around. Jets are only averaging, how about this, per drive, two minutes and 15 seconds on field time, offensively. Two minutes and 15 seconds. That is dead last of the NFL. And the opponents are averaging about 33 minutes of time of possession, which is the second most in the NFL. You know what that means? Defense is on the field the whole damn game. And the fact that they are having to log as many minutes out there, I think they're doing pretty darn good considering. I mean, we're not even sitting here and talking about and imploring an offense that needs to go out there and score, you know, 28, 30 points a night so they could win games. All we're saying is give you 20, right? That should not be too much to ask in the NFL in 2023. It's supposed to be an offensive-driven league. I mean, it's gotten to the point, like last night, we're sitting there watching the game and, and, and shoot, I lost count. You know, sack after sack after sack after sack. But there was one of them. I can't remember if it was a third down or a fourth down when the game was still somewhat in doubt. Maybe it was in the third quarter. And Zach Wilson got sacked again. It might have been Bosa. You know, he had a handful of them. But there was actually like a thought that popped in my mind that said, well, you know what? If he takes the, you know, he, as he's going down, I'm thinking, well, maybe this is actually their best move here because maybe they're going to throw him to the ground and the referee will throw a flag for roughing the passer and they get a first down. Like that's the only way that they could continue to move the ball by virtue of a penalty. It's sad that it's come to this. You played eight games. There's eight touchdowns, eight touchdowns in eight games. Oh my goodness. 19 points scored in two weeks coming off of the bye. You realize teams score 19 points on a quarter sometimes in this league now? Or in a, at worst, a half? And they even had overtime last week. Even had a few extra minutes to try to score some more points. Not good at all. Not good at all. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. 
Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, here's a fun little announcement for you. Tomorrow morning, I got to be up in a few hours. I'm hanging with my buddy Dave. So it'll be D&D tomorrow morning. 6 a.m. for a little DNR fun, so we look forward to that. And we're also going to do our little program tomorrow night as well, although I think that's also a half hour because we have Knicks. We've got Wemby coming to MSG last night. So you'll hear me at 6 a.m. in the morning, 6.30 a.m. tomorrow night, double dose across on Wednesday. All right, a lot of phones. Let's get them up here. And, of course, the topic of conversation is the Jets. Andre and Red Bank is starting us off here on 98.7. Hello, Andre. How are you? Hey, how are you? You know, you know, I never understood why the Jets were even favored in the first place. Uh, I mean, the Giants basically handed the game to them last week. And I just, you know, Wilson, he doesn't have it. And I don't understand why it's taken people this long to see it. I mean, granted, I mean, Lazard didn't help him out. I mean, Lazard basically should have been suspended for conduct detrimental to, to the team's on his performance, but I, mean, I could tell from that first um, overthrow that Wilson, he does not have it. And hopefully now all of the apologists will now just like crawl into a hole and admit it. Well, Andre, and I thank you for the phone call. Here's the thing though. At this point, I don't know how many defenders that he really and truly has. I don't know if there are that many people still in denial about the it's a, it's a production based business when you talk about playing the quarterback position. Now, one other thing I want to address real quick is I said I would with the offensive line. When they lined up, and we had no idea how things were going to look, at least on the right side of the line. You knew that Joe Tippman was going to be back, but you didn't know if Tippman was going to play center or right guard because remember he was playing right guard before he suffered his injury. But now with Connor McGovern down and Wes Schweitzer down as well. They put Joe Tippman at center, and that's what he was drafted to ultimately become, as we know. So then what are you going to do at right guard and right tackle? Well, are you going to throw Xavier Newman, who played last week in the Giant game at right guard, do that? No, they kicked Max Mitchell from right tackle into right guard. He never played right guard before. I mean, he was getting some snaps, I guess, in camp or whatever, but not in a game. 
And then they had Billy Turner playing at right tackle. Billy Turner was completely overmatched last night. Joey Bosa had him for lunch, dinner, snack, midnight snack, you know, whatever term you want to use to describe how bad he was beaten last night. So I was thinking to myself driving home, I'm like, what, what's the logic behind that? You know, why take a guy from a position that he's somewhat comfortable playing and put him someplace where he really isn't all that experienced? And it got me thinking. They talk about the offensive line, and they've done this really since training camp, is that they want to put their best five guys out there. Well, think about what's on the horizon. With Dwayne Brown approaching a return. Now, that could be for this week's game or next week's game. He's only got a couple more weeks before they got activated him. He's practicing fully, but he wasn't quite ready to go last, for last night's game. They're taking it slowly with him because they don't want any reoccurrence. So Dwayne Brown is going to be back. Dwayne Brown is one of their best five offensive linemen that are still standing, obviously. So what that means is that probably Max Mitchell is going to be the right guard once Dwayne Brown comes back. Now, I don't know if Dwayne Brown's going to be playing left tackle or right tackle, but let's say you put Brown at left tackle, Makai goes back to right, then Mitchell will be the right guard, and Tippmann will be the center until anybody, everybody else gets back here, whether it's McGovern, Schweitzer, you name it. So probably they wanted to get Mitchell some experience playing that position because in all probability, at least for the next little while, that's where he's going to be holding down the offensive line. Ira's in Staten Island. He's next here on 98.7 ESPN. Hello, Ira. How are you? Hey, Dan, what's happening? Not here to pound him. Listen, everybody's been complaining all day. I'm trying to find a solution. And then what you said, yeah, Brett Brown comes back, that'd be great. Personally, I think Stafford, you know, if you get, get that playbook, uh, I, I plug him in at right guard for, for the Raider game, and we'll see what's going to happen at right tackle. But as for the quarterback situation, um, and once again, I'm not going to kill Zach. We know what the deal is. I got to change things up, and I know the coach said it. You just said it. Um, he's certainly not going to start somebody else. But I, I mean, Simeon has the most experience in, in, in that building right now. Yeah. I know he's, his mobility's got to be limited, but he probably gives them the best chance to win right now. Zach's confidence shot. He's done. Just like they sent him out to pasture last year because they, they, he needed a reset. I think after last night, he needs a reset. But if you want to start him and they're going to start him against the Raiders, so be it. But if they're losing that game 10 nothing at the end of the first quarter and they had 3-3 three, three and outs, you've got to make a change. And you've got to decide whether it's going to be Boyle or it's going to be Simeon. And I just think just experience alone, Simeon probably could get the job done. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. And talking about shuffling the offensive line, I know it's not their fault everybody got hurt. But putting the people around, you remember in 96 when it just opened up in Denver? And Roger Duffy and left tackle? Roger Duffy, and, and, and you know, O'Donnell got sacked about 45 times. It, it, that's basically what last night reminded me of. But as negative as it was, and as ridiculous as my mind works, that opening drive in the third quarter, when they got down to about the 10-yard line, I thought they were going to punch it in and make it 17-10. And then when he took the two sacks and it made 17-6, I realized the night was over. Yeah, that was probably the part, Ira. And thanks a lot for the phone call that we heard from Ira last night. And what he's referring to as well, right, it was 17-3 at the half, and, and, and Dicker made a 55-yard field goal, too, right into halftime, which pushed the lead up to 17-3 to make it 14 so let's say he misses that one. If it was four, he, all right, he made it, whatever. 17-3, Jets take the ball right down the field to start the second half. You're thinking, all right, they put a touchdown on the board. It's a seven-point game again. 
When a lot of football to play, this is what the Jets do. That's their MO. They get the ball down inside the red zone. First and 10 at the 13-yard line. First trip to the red zone. I know that they don't get there that often, but they're there. Brees Hall, two yards. Second and eight at the 11. Khalil Mack, sack. Loss of seven. Third and 15 at the 18. Morgan Fox, sack. 10-yard loss. So they went from the 11-yard line to the 27 in two plays. Unbelievable. It really and truly is unbelievable. Dale's in Queens. He's up next here on 98.7. Hey, Dale, how are you? Hey, Dan, how you doing? How you doing? As Good, Dale, what's going on? I'm great, man. I'm great. I'm just here um, looking at the Dutch Chargers stats in my eyes for Dan. Um, I love this defense. Um, they, they, need, they need help. Um, I was going to ask you, what tweak should the offense at this point, because they won't change Zach, make in order to have the Jets finish 5-4 and four, to at least sniff a wild card? Well, if they finish 5-4, and four, Dale, I got news for you. That's probably going to be catastrophic because then that means that the remaining eight games on their schedule get canceled, and you don't want that to happen. You just, you know, they could get to 5-4 and four by beating the Raiders. I thank you for the phone call. Look, it's not like there's a lot of options out there. The guys that are in that locker room are going to have to get it done. Plain and simple. And, you know, it's funny. Ira was talking about Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon's still on the practice squad, number one. He hasn't even been elevated yet to the active roster. Trevor Simeon's a smart guy. He went to Northwestern. He's, he, he, he probably has a working knowledge of the playbook up until this point. I'm pretty confident in saying that. And if you just want to look at the three quarterbacks that are in the building right now, and I'm not including Aaron Rodgers, of course. I'm throwing, like, Zach Wilson, Tim Boyle, and, and Trevor Simeon. Do you realize if you look at the back of their cards – you know, in their resumes as far as what they've accomplished in the NFL. Trevor Simeon is like Tom Brady compared to the other two guys. Seriously. The guys won a lot of games in the league compared to the other two guys. And I would just have to think that you have a team that even without Aaron Rodgers and even without Elijah Vera Tucker and without all the other guys that aren't playing right now is still good enough to hang around to be in the conversation for a playoff spot come December and January. But that's not going to happen if you only score six points. You're not beating anybody. Tommy in New Hyde Park up next here on 98.7. Tommy, how are you? How you doing, my friend? Tommy, how's things? What's going on? I'm doing all right. I, I can't believe it's the same thing over and over and over. The penalties kill us. The quarterback's got to go. I mean, we have who's? Timmy Boyle and Simeon, can't we go out and get somebody else? Who? Trade deadline's over. Trade deadline's over. That's why I'm calling you. Oh, we can't. Deadline's over. No trades? Yeah. I mean, there's guys out on the street, but who are you going to sign? And, Tommy, I got to let you go, but thanks for the phone call. Carson Wentz today signed with the Rams, right? Carson Wentz could have been had this whole time. Jets decided not to. A lot of teams decided not to. You know, Joe Douglas knows Carson Wentz well from their time together in Philadelphia. He obviously felt it's better to go in a different direction. Jeff and Freeport up next here on 98.7. Jeffrey, how are you? Hey, Dad. What's going on, man? How are you? Good, Jeff. What's up? Uh, I'm just calling. Actually, I went to the game last night. Didn't get home until like 2 in the morning. I uh, feel like I you got punched both. in the gut today. Yeah, <laughs> man. It was a rough day at work. Um, but I'm actually calling you. I just I kind of I'm thinking about the team, and you know, in terms of Aaron Rodgers, I wanted to get your opinion on this, whether or not he's ultimately holding us back from you know in the near future. Because I'm listening to Robert Sala on the radio before. I think it was on the Michael K show, 
he was asked about Trevor Simeon and Zach Wilson, and the guy was like stumbling. He couldn't give any answer as to you know who he, why he's starting Zach as opposed to Trevor, right? Mm. For me personally, I I feel like Salah. I liked him at first, but for whatever reason, throughout this, his tenure, I'm losing him, right? And I feel like this this I don't know if this is the sentiment of most Jets fans, but I feel like his time's kind of coming to an end. And normally speaking, if we didn't have Aaron Rodgers, he'd be on the hot seat right now, right? Pot Jeff, uh, uh, I, it's a valid point, and I thank you for your phone call. We're all led to believe Aaron Rodgers will be on this team next year. That's everything that he has conveyed up until this point. But that still doesn't mean you punt on 2023. Because look around the NFL. You watch football week in and week out. Who's really good? Who's unbeatable? Nobody, right? Eagles lost one game this year. Jets beat them. But if you don't do something quick, you're going to be close to punting away 2023, and that would be a disservice. We'll see you tomorrow morning at 6. 